He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require from you, but to do justice, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. I recently had uh, some friends tell me a story uh, about some of their friends, uh, actually their friends' parents. Uh, their friends' parents uh, had, been, uh, had been married for years, uh, had had kids, uh, were, were entering into sort of a retirement season in their life, and I think uh, they, my understanding is they were uh, about to move. And so they had to get some paperwork done, and they were getting visas lined up, and part of that process is they had to dig up their, their marriage certificate. Um, but as they were going through all of this, uh, they discovered uh, that their, their marriage was never actually legally formalized, that someone along the way had missed a step, that something wasn't completed, and they actually weren't legally formally married. Uh, as, as someone who's married people, every time the, the marriage is over, I, I always stress out so much with this envelope that I've done something wrong or that it's going to get lost in the mail and they're not actually uh, going to be married. Uh, but sure enough, they found out that they weren't married. And, and so is this big joke where they were joking with their kids about, you know, living in sin. And, um, but then they had fun going through the process later as well of, of formalizing it and sort of getting married again later. Um, but they, they assumed, I think it's just funny that they assumed for, for, much of their lives, that they were married. Um, but legally, it wasn't so. Uh, there, I think there are things sometimes that we assume about ourselves uh, that aren't necessarily true. Um, this is coming up lots, actually, nowadays with these, uh, these at-home DNA tests. Uh, and there's a, a new expression, NPE, not parent expected, where uh, people are sending in these DNA tests and receiving the results, uh, finding out that, that often, uh, in these cases, often maybe their dad isn't who they expected him to be and bringing up some pretty major questions about their parents. Um, but, but so there's this DNA test. They assume that they're biological children of these two parents, but turns out they're not of one of them, right? There's these expectations, these assumptions that they assumed, but turns out they're wrong. And, and, and it forces me into this place of um, asking some of those questions about myself. Are there things I assume about myself that aren't necessarily true, particularly are the things that I assume about my faith? Are they, are they true or not? Um, and as we wrap up this series, as we, we've worked through a few weeks here in, in Micah 6.8, this threefold kingdom mandate, what does God require of you? What does God require of me? It's not as simple as, as simply a confession. It's not just a prayer at camp. There's something more to it. What does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly. Um, and it brings me back to uh, my first year at Bible college. I was sitting in gospels class, and I still remember the moment. Uh, we were working through the, the, the Sermon on the Mount uh, and as the professor is working through, um, there's this one section that I almost fell out of my chair when, when, when it just really struck me, the implication, the, the truth of what's going on here. So um, we're going to grab the text here in Matthew chapter 7. Matthew seven twenty one. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. 
on that day, uh, so Jesus is talking about judgment day. On that day, many, also, um, that's a terrifying word, not a few, but many, will say to me, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Um, and I'm sitting in my chair, first year college, wrestling with what Jesus is saying here. Here you've got some guys who are, are showing up and they're saying, Lord, Lord. And when you used a word, a name, a proper name, two times in that culture, it was a sort of a, a term of affection. Um, Jesus often does it where he says, Peter, Peter. Um, he'll say it twice. Um, or, or Saul, Saul. Um, he says, but these guys, they say, Lord, Lord. And it's the right word. They're using the right word for Jesus. They're not saying teacher, teacher. They're not saying spiritual guru. They're saying Lord. So they're acknowledging something about Jesus with their words. And then we see they've got these actions. Prophesying, casting out demons, doing mighty works. And I'm sitting there in college going, whoa, hold on. I haven't done a whole lot of prophesying. I, I, I can't say that I'm driving out demons. And the mighty works I've done... I don't know if there are any. And, and, and I, I hear this, and Jesus' response to them is not, uh, wow, isn't that great? I'm so glad you're here. Come on in, let's feast. Jesus' response is, away from me. I never knew you. And so this is not an easy question. But as one of your pastors but as someone who, who also regularly needs to just ask myself this question, am I, am I these guys? Am I making assumptions about myself that aren't actually true? Jesus says, it's not everyone who will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. What is the will of God? Again, I think it comes back to we see Jesus, we see, we see God say it in Micah, and it's repeated. Jesus says it repeatedly um, through the New Testament. The epistle writers say it. But again, it's to, to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly, that there's an expectation of an, of an outward aspect to our faith in this relationship, this relational aspect where we are with Jesus, following him into these things. Now we know in Romans, Romans 10, chapter 9, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So, so we have that promise and we can cling to that promise. But the, the, the struggle I have with Romans 10 here is um, the guys, they said Lord, right? Because if you confess in your mouth that Jesus is Lord, they did that. They confessed it two times. They said, Lord, Lord. And so there's more to it than just confessing that Jesus is Lord and, and, and believing in your heart. I think there's, there's something about believing in your heart that is, is outward action, that, that goes back to, to justice, goes back to, to mercy and kindness, and goes back to actually walking relationally, walking humbly with 
God, just not knowing about God, but actually doing it with him. I think there's a really key, important piece there. Uh, I think we see that that in spite of sort of the way the North American church seems to have gone, that, that, that our faith is more than just this mantra that if we pray, Jesus, forgive me, that, then we get this ticket into heaven. It's not like open sesame, but there's some action. There's some, some works that have to follow us in this. Now, we see in, in, in Ephesians uh, 2 verse 8 that is by grace that we've been saved through faith and not by works so that no one can boast. Right? We know that to be true. And again, we cling to that promise. And it is true that we are saved by grace through faith and not by works. So we don't earn our way into heaven that it's the grace of God through faith that saves us. But then we, we bounce that as well. The tension um, we bounce it off of is in James 2.17. So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. The whole point of this series has really been to look at the outward expectations of God on his people. The kingdom expectations, that it's not just a spiritual kingdom where it's me and Jesus and I've prayed a prayer and, and I pray and I read my Bible and that's it. But, but it seems to me as we understand the text, as we understand the call, and again we go back to the story of Jesus and these guys, that there's something, there's something external, something outward that needs to be lived in our faith. That there's a relational component that we not just do things for Jesus, like I think these guys maybe were. They were, they were doing these mighty works, but they were doing them for, perhaps for Jesus, but not necessarily with him, because Jesus said he didn't know them. And it's a challenge for us in our assumptions of our faith and our, our place before God. And it's not an easy question. It's a pretty uncomfortable question, but I think it's an important one for us each to ask. Jesus um, tells a parable of the soil, and he says there's four different kinds of soil. The first is, is the rocky path, and the seed falls and bounces off the path. The second is shallow soil, and the seed falls in, and it starts to grow, but then the sun beats down on it, and it dies. The third is the, the thorny soil, where it grows, and it starts to take weeds, or it starts to take roots, but then these weeds and these thorns begin to choke it out, and it dies. And the fourth and final soil is the good soil, where, where it not only begins to grow, but then it produces fruit. See, as we, we look at our lives and we look at these assumptions, I think Jesus is expecting to see fruit in our lives, that, that our walk with God, that this, 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 this faith that we have should be producing fruit, that there should be something evident and tangible that we see coming out of it. And I think part of that fruit is this justice, mercy, and, and actively walking humbly with God, peace. And, and, and as you, you hear that verse, um, I, I often we think of the, the verses as us telling people that Jesus loves them and has died for them and, and wants to save them. And we think of ourselves as the one scattering the seed and, and the others out there being the different types of soil. But if we spin it around and ask ourselves, what kind of soil am I when it comes to this message of, of doing justice, of, of, of loving mercy, and of walking humbly? When we, when we, we, see, he, when we hear that message uh, of an outward-based faith that, that needs to care about the oppressed and the vulnerable, that needs to, to, to show kindness, not because we get anything out of it, but simply because we need to love our neighbor and, and about walking humbly with God day by day in this sort of uh, never-ending communion that we have. When we hear that message, does that seed take plant in us? What kind of soil are we? 
Is it shallow? And when things get tough in our life, we just shut down? Do we get choked out by the cultural, by the worldly, by the busyness? And, and, and that message of kingdom life gets choked out. Or, or are, we, are we being good soil? Are we actively seek to be good soil in our lives so that seed of the kingdom message, of the expectation and the opportunity that we have actually begins to grow and produce fruit, evident fruit? I came across this this week. The world judges Christianity not by what the Bible says, but by the way Christians live. Christians are the Bible, which sinners read. Man, I, I hope my prayer is that someday when I stand before God, I'm not these guys. That's not an easy question, but I think it's one that's timely and that we each individually need to wrestle with ourselves, wrestle with before God so that we, um, that we hear instead, well done, good and faithful servant. Let's pray. God, help us to wrestle with this question. And this statement that you say, there will be many who say, Lord, Lord, who are false in their assumptions. God, help us not to live in guilt or fear, but help us to grapple with that question honestly and ask what kind of soil are we and is this kingdom message producing fruit in our lives? Do we actively pursue justice? Do we love showing kindness and mercy? And are we day by day walking humbly with you? God, I pray that you would both challenge us with that, encourage us with that, and, and thank you that by your Spirit, you walk with us into those things. We thank you for this one verse and, and the power that it has. Help us to submit to it in joy. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Not an easy thought as we, we close this little series. Um, but if you need to wrestle through that, if you want to talk about it, please um, give us a call. We'd love to just sort of sit and chat and, and wrestle with, through it together. And hopefully it's an easy answer for you where you say, absolutely. Uh, I'm walking with God. I'm pursuing justice, loving kindness, and, and we're walking humbly together. Hopefully that's an easy question for you to answer. Love you. See you soon.